So guys, we've got a special guest uh, with us today. We've got Matt Inholt, who is um, an active guy on Twitter. He's an FC Cincinnati fan, as well as a CFC um, owner. He took part in the ownership push that was done um, from the late fall into the early spring for CFC. And uh, he's joining us to kind of give us his a uh, little bit of his perspective on an outsider's view of what's going on between CFC and the Red Bulls, as well as some stuff about how attendance plays a part uh, in lower division soccer and, and quite frankly, how some of the uh, um, magical and, and imaginary numbers <laughs> that everyone puts out, how that plays a part as well. So I want to thank you yes. Matt, for joining us. Uh, thank you. I appreciate uh, being on. I know we kind of circled the wagon here uh, for a while, but it's nice to finally get to talk with you. Yeah. And, and just to give some background, Matt reached out to me and just basically said, He'd love to talk to me about uh, attendance, and um, honestly, it's one of the things that I, I really enjoy talking about because I think there's a lot of different perspectives on it. So I, I it's well, what two three months ago at least, and yeah. I dropped the ball and just didn't follow up like I should have. He reached back out to me, and so uh, thank you so much for for being patient on this. And and, and so I I'll let you kind of start us off because it, it was you that reached out. Um, yeah, tell well, me a little bit about you know what you want to talk about and go from there. Okay. Well, yeah, I, um, first off, I, uh, just want to start off by saying I, as you said, I am an outsider. I'm an FC Cincinnati season ticket holder. I've been, uh, sitting in our supporter section since the club came around. So I am familiar with you. We were in USL division three, our first season. And then we were in, uh, USL division two, the next two seasons that were in MLS. But I also um, became a CFC fan just randomly when me and my wife were on vacation a few years ago. Okay. And we were eating at High Fly, High, I think it's called High Fly Clyde, the barbecue place in downtown Chattanooga. It's, it was really good. Um, and there were a lot of people wearing soccer jerseys and, you know, us being soccer fans, we were just curious why, you know, I had never heard of Chattanooga FC. And we said, hey, why are you guys all wearing these jerseys? What are you guys like a local team? And they told us about the club and their support. And we went to a game and sat next to Chatter Hooligans and kind of just fell in love with the team. I re it really kind of adopted them as um, our second team. And we've been to a bunch of games. We, I was at three games this season. So right. we traveled down quite a bit. Um, how far is the drive from the yeah. Cincinnati area? It's it's about four and a half, five hours. Um, part of it is because uh, the Tennessee River is also better fishing than the Ohio River. And I always go fishing when I'm down there, too. Gotcha. So I kind of um, fit both of those in uh, when I come down. But I, I really enjoy Chattanooga. And um, I remember hearing about the situation with the USL, you know, last, I want to say it was August. Yeah. So the leak started, I think the last week of July, but the official announcement came um, in early August, but I think it was already kind of cat out of the bag before the official. Announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, which you could go back and see on Twitter. I was immediately adamantly against it because I saw the pride and the passion from the CFC, Chattahooligans, 
and everyone. And I said, why are they doing this? this you know, this makes no sense. Of course, the on social media, there was a lot of um, ne- negativity from, you know, some of the lower soccer people. We call them the soccer bros. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're a little upset about it, but I, I hung my Chattanooga scarf on the front row of our supporters section every match the rest of the year. Okay. Um, just in support of Chattanooga. Um, and th- this was obviously long before they ever offered ownership share. Yeah, because that, that didn't really start for another few months. Um, and my yeah, understanding, that, uh, just to give some credit here to CFC, that wasn't a reactionary thing. That's something, my understanding, that they've been looking at doing. And um, I've so full disclosure, I've gone to CFC's games since I was literally at the first one 10 years ago. But um, Okay, I, that, I actually was going to ask you that. Yeah, so, so I've, got a, I've got a long history of going to games. And every, at the end of every season, they would put out a kind of a, a survey of sorts just to try to improve what they're doing. Because these guys, this is the other thing that's really interesting about their ownership group is it's a lot of um, entrepreneurial type guys. I think. Oh uh, yeah. I've read it, up. I've yeah. you Sheldon and Tim Kelly. And yeah, I've done a yeah. lot of research and on and, those. And two Sheldon, and Sheldon and uh, he went to the same college that I did. So I have a little bit, I don't know Sheldon personally, but I have a little bit connection to some of the history there too. So I was interested in it from that standpoint, the, the Brock's, um, their father um, was the um, president of the college when I was at the college. So I have a bit of a connection to the ownership, not personal, like knowledge connection. I mean, I had, um, I actually had one of the Brock's as a teacher in college at one point, but um, I, yeah, so I know those guys from that standpoint, but they, they send the survey out. And one of the things in the survey frequently was if ownership was offered, a, a, a supporter share was offered, would you be interested? So um, okay, I don't hold it from a standpoint. A lot of people try to spin it as a reactionary. I don't think it was. I think that was something they've been wanting to do for a while. So anyways, keep going. I just kind of oh, no, I mean, and I, I think it was a really cool, innovative thing. I had actually... In years past, I um, I remember when Ibar and La Liga, they were selling shares and they sold out so quick I didn't get any. But I, I was emailing back and forth with some people over in Spain trying to buy um, into their team. And uh, Cork City was another one over in um, – In Ireland. Was, yeah, in a, Ireland, yeah. I had emailed Cork City, so Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I, I, I had ar- already had an interest in something like this, and then when it was a club I was familiar with and had attended matches for previously anyway, it was just like, okay, well, yeah. how many can I get? You know, <laughs> I I immediately bought, you know, the amounts so I'd have a lifetime season pass, and gotcha. then I ended up buying more um, afterwards because I, at the Real Batiste match this year, I told Nick, the drummer, that I'd uh, buy another share because it was getting ready to close that I'd buy another share for every goal scored, so I bought more. Nice. (laughs) And they ended up scoring three goals. Pretty (laughs) amazing for a fourth division American team. I honestly expected that to be way more of a blowout than it was. So, no, that was impressive. I mean, yeah, they did the same club, went into Barcelona and beat Barcelona four to three. So. I always, you know, that's like a Twitter joke that, well, I guess Chattanooga is as good as Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so anyway, I, uh, 
Yeah, the more I researched and read into the whole Red Wolves situation, I and I'd like your honest, I, I, I just am real curious to hear your answer on why then when the Red Wolves came around, did you decide that that was the club you were going to support over CFC? Okay, so it's kind of twofold. So I, I kind of referenced that um, the survey earlier, and one of the things that was on that survey every year was if the opportunity to move up and it meant that you would have higher ticket prices, but there'd be more games. Would you be interested? And every year I said, yes, of course, um, because I am a huge, uh, first of all, I'm a huge sports fan in general, but I'm also a huge soccer fan. Um, you know, I know you're a Liverpool fan. Uh, so yes. try not to hold my Arsenal love against me, but, uh, we just won another trophy today. Yeah. Actually, I, just... <laughs> yeah, I know you're like in line for like 45 this year. Or something ridiculous. <laughs> but no, like, so I, uh, I, I, I'm a big soccer fan. So the idea of it was, yeah, I'm very interested in it. And so on top of that, um, I had gotten to know a few of the, um, like I said, mentioned earlier, I, I knew like through the grapevine type stuff, a few of the owners and I had a lot of respect for them, but I also had gotten to know Sean McDaniel a little bit and not a lot. Don't have a personal relationship with the McDaniel family either, but what I knew of him was he was a good man. And so Starting in August when it was announced, I wasn't a huge fan of some of the reaction and the way people were, were going about it. My thought process was CFC has been here for 10 years. If they didn't think the USL was a good move, they think it's not going to survive. Why is this such a huge deal? Like I didn't quite. Well, grasp. do you, you know, the backstory behind No, no, that, I, do, I do. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. they, they went after them. They, the CFC basically. They lowballed them. Yeah. I don't know how accurate the low ball part is, but I do know that the final vote was basically almost down the middle with one vote going the other direction. So it was very, very tightly contested um, is my understanding. And now that's once again, conjecture from, you know, you hear it from one person, you hear it from another, no one fully knows except for who's in that room. That's one of the things I've frequently yeah, said. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I'm I, real, I'm friendly with Sheldon. I'm not going to say yeah. I know him, but I have had conversations with him at CFC matches and, I mean, I, his number's in my phone. I've texted back and forth with Sheldon about things before, but I, I don't want to get into what I, – I don't want to quote Sheldon on anything in this. And if you've got other information, I would trust Sheldon as well. I think he's an honest man. Um, but I still hold – there's probably more to it than either side's willing to admit on the other side. And I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, so yeah. so for me it was – okay, I've been to a lot of games. Um, I you know I've never – officially been a part of the Chattel hooligans um partly uh for me just because uh i'm one of those guys and this and i've struggled this year too because i've gone to a lot of stuff and tried to sit in the supporter section of the red bulls game i get once i get into a game i'm basically staring it down i'm that silent guy who's staring at the game so i've always felt <laughs> out of place there to a point but i, I went in there and you know I, I i i drummed on bertha a couple times uh you know a few games here or there like i got to know a few of them um they're good guys like for the most part, um, th my impression has been really good. I, I've since this has started, I've gotten a chance to talk with Andrew Breezy in an extended period. Just kind of ran into him. He's a very recognizable guy, right? Tall, skinny, very recognizable. And I ran into him at a local, um, actually a local, local liquor store while he was working. And I ran into him. I talked for him for like 30 minutes, like just a good guy. So I'm yeah. not disparaging them in general. But the way in which the reaction and some of the vitriol that was thrown and I think some of the uh, – hateful statements that were made about Sean really turned me off and really bothered me a lot. Um, my original plan was because at that point we still assumed that, well, if they're not going USL, 
looking at the landscape, they're going to stay in PSL. And so my thought was, all right, well, I'm going to go to the CSG games. It, it's a, a basically a six-week season, right? And then I'm yeah. going to have six more months or six total months of another choice in the area. So that's where it started for me. And then as we got further along, um, I just I, I felt I felt like it was a better fit for us just because the, the longer season, the um, just some of the just the hateful statements that were made um, just really bothered me a lot. And then when Sean was basically thrown under the bus um, by uh, Tim Kelly, it really turned me off. And I don't think Tim Minute. I don't know. Are I don't you know talking about that Times Free Press article from January uh, about the audit and the unauthorized yeah. payments? Yeah, because my understanding. I mean, that was done by an independent auditor, though, wasn't it? I actually have the article. No, it is. It's uh, it was done by an independent auditor, but at the same time, um, I know enough about accounting to know that. Oh, I have a degree in finance. Yeah, yeah. so too. you know this too. So, like you yes. can present that however you want to present that when the auditor does it. They chose to present it in a way that it would look like Sean had been the perpetrator because all it has to be to be unauthorized is that they didn't have an authorized system in place, which if you listen to anyone, they that's the one problem that they did have was they weren't super well structured and they did give Yeah, because it's a lot of guys that obviously it's not their full-time job and like you yeah. said entrepreneurs so exactly. that's something on the side for them that's not what they have their everyday focus on and the focus at that point especially early on was it's an amateur team that has a 6 week season 6 to 8 week season depending on how far they're going to playoffs right yeah and so yeah I, I just personally felt like there's more to this and I just really had issue with the fact that if you're going to throw them under the bus like that and treat them like that, and then you're also not pressing charges, I just felt like there's more there. And so that for me was the last straw. And so I was. But, yeah. And I mean, I, again, we don't know what happened with that. We don't know whether and, that's resolved yeah, right. or not, but we don't the know fact if that he court settlement that was made before. We don't know any of that stuff. You're right. But at yeah. the same time, you don't have to choose to, to go silent and let people just make their decision. You step up and say, Sean was a former employee. Uh, he left on, on not the best terms, but this, there is no illegal activity here that we're going to be pressing charges for and move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I, I'm sure Tim Kelly, when he made some of the statements and I, I have the article right here in front of me right now uh -huh. that he, he, I, I don't know. I'm trying to find something where he says it's real disparaging, like what Tim Kelly says, because what they're quoting in the article, he just said they identified some financial issues in 2018 and appointed Sheldon. I, is there a different article I don't know about where it disparages uh, him? Because it said, then he said it in the article, we closed 2018 a strong financial position. Thanks to a few new local investors, we look forward to even stronger support with our public investors who span across the world. We're focused on our future, which looks increasingly bright. Anything else we consider an unnecessary distraction at this point. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't, I mean, just Times in this article, article he um, doesn't really seem to disparage him. It, it's more the author of this article. There's no quote from Tim Kelly where I'm like, oh man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, and I also don't think it was directly in the article. I think it was something he tweeted on his Twitter account that okay. was my last And I, I've heard him say things about, oh, he, you know, 
I think he was on a, a different podcast there saying that, you know, they trusted somebody and that they let him down. And Yeah, it's, uh, it's that. T- I don't think he directly said Sean let us down. I think it was something that. Yeah. Similar, um, it was and I know they had an is they have an issue with the, how the and I and I'll admit that I don't know anything about this, but how the woman's team transition went from from CFC to the Red Wolves. I know they had an issue with how that went down too. Yeah, I know a lot of the hooligans did. It was similar to the way the academy here in Chattanooga was. They licensed the CFC name. They didn't yeah. act it wasn't actually their team. So and the licensing agreement was done. So that's okay. no different than any other licensing agreement. Like yeah. I get that optics is real bad. And that like they tried to claim that the that the Red Bulls tried to buy out the CFC Academy. No, it's the same sort of thing. The, the, they have a yearly renewal on their licensing agreement. It went up for a vote. Both the CFC and the Red Bulls presented it. And ultimately, the CFC Academy chose to stay on the CF, with the CFC logo agreement. That, does, that type of stuff, I don't, and I even think the majority of hooligans would say, yeah, that's just, that's just business. That's not an uncommon you – know, licensing agreements are not uncommon for lots of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't think – and I don't think – yeah. So, and I think I think eventually CFC will have their own women's team, but the women's team for both sides will never be a a big producer. Like I went to those women's games. I have two daughters, and I went to those women's yeah. games, and they um, they were always like you're talking maybe seventy five to one hundred fans in the stands. Yeah. For, and yeah, so it's I, unfortunately never been something that's been super well supported. Um, no. And yeah. you know, here's the thing that's funny about it is when CFC gets their women's team back, which I think. Once they've established whatever league they end up in uh, long term, I think they're going to reestablish that that team, and I think you'll see better support for it than they had in the past. Um, that's one thing that this has done for the CFC is there were a lot of casual casual fans, and I think the ones that are going the thirty five hundred that are consistently going to these games, they're not going anywhere. Like they've got a strong support. Well, yeah, because they're most of them, and that's part of my issue with the Red Wolves and the people that support them. And I think I even we discussed that on Twitter is that they have a vested interest now as owners in the team. Yeah, and I, I, it's hard for me to understand why, you know, people want to support you know some random millionaire from Utah over their fellow Chattanoogans. Um, who own the team? I, I yeah. Somebody, for what is well, first is off, marginally... it's not just Chattanooga, Chattanoogans that own that team anymore. That's it's well, yeah. kind of the, where they talk out of both sides of their mouth a little bit. Like we're local, we're a local company that's owned in thirty countries across the world. Um, yeah, it, but but that's... yeah, the majority ownership obviously is still here in yeah. Chattanooga. I'm not going to. I mean, you would that, think but, ninety plus percent. But at the same, no, yeah, at least. But at the same time, um. Investment from outside resources is not uncommon in indie industry. It's just not like the the less common thing is the local one. And also on top of that, I still hold that CFC is fighting to find a league that'll work. They turned down the league that would have worked best for them in the USL. They didn't want it. USL no, I, USL presented a lot of possibilities to them. One of the things that they talked I, about the USL is a work. I mean, it, it's we. I think we can all agree that the U.S. the landscape of soccer in this country is not great. You know, just the way everything's set up. Systems. But the 
Yeah, Sorry. the you yeah, the closed systems, just the way uh just even player movement operates. It's you know, the academies are not great. Just uh I mean, we all know well, I don't know how many people listen to this know. But the whole GAM and TAM and MLS and how <laughs> you the most confusing thing ever. It's like when yeah, you see yeah. those like they traded five hundred K in TAM for five hundred K in GAM. You're like, Yeah, yeah. It's heck? just like what the hell just no. happened? Oh, oh I'm I'm sorry. No, you're that, good. No. <laughs> yeah, you're you're fine on that. It's 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 a tirade that I'm worried about. Um I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably put an E on it just to be safe so that I don't offend someone that has uh kids and i'll give my yeah, yeah. but no and i apologize that person <laughs> not, a, not a big deal uh so no i get what you're saying i'm just i'm coming at it from a standpoint of all right so what's perfect world right i think a majority of especially soccer fans that are also soccer fans of european leagues right the majority of us would yeah. say we would love pro a promotion relegation a true academy system where you're not having to pay to play where only rich kids really get a chance right that's what that's the the dream scenario now here's the thing. I don't think the dream scenario happens anytime soon. I'm and we've talked. No. Alex, Alex, and I have talked about this. Alex is definitely more of a. In fact, in our most recent podcast, he refers to himself as a pro rel zealot. While myself, I'm more of a. I'd love to see it happen, but if it doesn't, I want to be realistic in what I'm doing. I, I think the USL continues to strengthen itself. I think if you look at um, the performance of like New Mexico and some of those other ones that really never are going to have a chance at, at MLS. Um, unless MLS just keeps expanding to an infinity, uh, yeah. which sometimes it seems like Not they're doing, but yeah. So no. those, as they've strengthened that, right. They, you know, this is where we come around to the, the fake attendance to a point. You don't see the fake attendance with the New Mexico numbers. Like you look at their, their stands, they're packed, right? Same thing with Sacramento, yeah. same thing with, um, a number of these Louisville, other, Louisville. Now Louisville yeah. may, may end up with the MLS team. Uh, I think what the yeah the according Charlotte to their fans they don't want it don't right. that's that's our main rival and i yeah i don't want to start talking about that right. but I don't, I yeah don't, i don't, I don't, I don't think like, they end up in the mls yeah but honestly. just kind of mentioning some of these places that have had good strong attendance more than just the announced attendance which across u.s sports is is never accurate and i i don't know how often you've actually listened to my podcast but i make fun of a little bit of the red bulls numbers um mainly because i was at the first game and it was it was a good crowd. I would say probably a little over two thousand, maybe maybe twenty two hundred. It was full, but that stadium I think only holds a little over three thousand. Um, yeah, it, I think they claimed five at one point, but that I think was originally with the plan to put a stands behind the other goal as well, and they end up not doing that. So I think that's where you get back to like thirty five hundred somewhere in there. So I've seen you know those fake numbers. Like there's one game we went to. I want to say it was. What the, was the game where that Galen, uh, you know the yeah. Capo, he I I don't know. The, are you talking he, about the the drone shot? Yeah, the drone shot. I mean, yeah, and so, th there was another time where I think it might even been one of those uh, hipster skeleton DCFC guys that <laughs> counted literally no, that, counted every row in the stadium. No, that was actually and, I mean, the El Conductor it, who did the counting. Who is a who okay. Is a, Hooligan. Um, I don't know how much I bought into that counting because I was at I was at that game as well. I I fully believe that they were over by about five hundred at that game at least. I don't think it the was one, the one. Are you talking about the drone game? No, the drone game. That was the one I was going to talk about. So the drone game they announced. I think like I want to say like, thirteen ninety two. Yeah, thirteen something. I was like, and I mean, you couldn't count more than two hundred people in that crowd because well, I, I did it. I was sitting there going, yeah, that's not a 
the most accurate number I've ever seen. Now, that said, that drone game was also one of the lightning games. Um, so one of the things that the Rebels have had is three lightning delays at home. Um, and that lightning was seen in the distance for a while, but it was just far enough away. So I will say I was at that game. The crowd around the 20-minute mark was probably around 800 to 900. And by the halftime, it was very sparse. And then after that, it was basically empty. Um, but I don't know exactly. I know he's, he's he claimed it was closer to the bef- right before he, halftime. He I think it was said like the 39th minute. minute. He, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, he got a screenshot from yeah, the and broadcast. I, think, and I, I looked at it. I thought that, it matched up pretty well. I, it was. Oh, was, it was definitely that. If it's 15 fans, like – the, the the thing that 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 I don't really understand with it is they're not lying to themselves. Like they may be producing like, hey, we had three thousand fans here and there was twelve hundred, right? Or we had uh, using that example thirteen hundred fans here and it was five hundred, right? They know how many actually came through, and yet it didn't hasn't stopped him from building out his stadium complex plan. No, but I I think what it does it it creates a facade that the team is actually more popular and accepted in the community than it really is. That's the, what I have a problem with because there, when you do that, people say, Oh, there are people going to those games. And then they, they start going to those games and it it, it just creates a whole facade around the team when the team is really not being embraced by the community. You know, and I know that it's really not men down there. I think that's prob. I think you you may you may be right to a point on that. I I will say though, what you're talking about hasn't happened. Like it's not like there's suddenly been more fans coming because they expected because they saw large crowd numbers being announced. Like I I think that they have a number of significant things going against them. Um, you've been to Chattanooga a few times, but that's CCS. Oh, I've been there many times. Yeah, yeah. so CCS is close to Lookout Mountain. You know where you know where that is. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I, okay. I drove through East Ridge earlier this year. Well, it's not in East Ridge. Like, okay. It's it's close to Lookout Mountain, which is – so coming from yeah. Finley Stadium, it's about, I'd say, three miles from Finley Stadium towards Lookout Mountain. Yeah, so I've been a, to Rock City. I've been yeah, to yeah, Ruby okay. Falls. I've been to all the tourists. Yeah, so if you right there at the incline is basically where the CCS Mr. T's is. Pizza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So right there. <laughs> and, and shout out to Mr. T's Pizza. Uh, yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. It really is good. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and then right across the street, go to give a shout out to uh, one of the uh, CFC owners companies, uh, Clumpy's Ice Cream, or at least he founded it. He actually yeah. sold it to Rock City. But anyways. Oh, okay. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so the location is not great. East Ridge not even better. You add into that no beer sales, which, let's be honest, soccer to a point is a – I don't fit in this because I turned 40 this year and have lots of kids and would not consider myself this, but it's becoming for the fan that goes to the games, the millennial hipster place. If they can't get a beer at the game, there's not, there's not going to be a ton coming in. CFC has also done an excellent job of scheduling all of their friendlies or their league games as much as possible. When there is a Red Bulls game, that is a purposeful thing. The Red Bulls opening game of the year, they scheduled Detroit city. That's not by accident. No, and I understand why they did that, though. No, no, but I'm saying that's going to affect those attendance numbers you're talking about. They're taking it from the standpoint of we're going to do everything we can to keep them from being there. And I think as much as I I really didn't like the the location, I talked about this when we did our location review of the stadium, as much as I, I at first really hated the location, they are going to be going after a different group with where they placed it. Um, having it right there by 
where the training facility is going to be, where Camp Jordan is, where they have a lot of softball, soccer tournaments, stuff like that. Um, it looks like Top Golf is going to be going over there. A number of other things are kind of growing in that little area. It also gets them close to Ottawa, um, Ringgold, North Georgia. That's kind of a different crowd than you typically get downtown Chattanooga. So I think they're going to attempt to try to go after that suburban soccer mom market. And honestly, CFC has done an excellent job of selling the downtown market. And I think if for the opportunity for both of them to exist, which I still hold is something I would like to see, I think NISA helps them both exist because they'll be on different schedules to a point. Um, they'll overlap at the beginning and end of both seasons. But for the meat of both seasons, they, they will not be playing at the same time if they're if NISA keeps the fall to spring schedule. Um, I think that helps that happen. And you'll see attendance tick up slowly. That said, I don't know that Bob Martino is looking for this to be selling out the 5,000-seat stadium every night. No, think, he's in it. I mean, he's in, he's in it from a let's real tell, estate perspective. Yeah, real estate. And so from a fan's perspective, you know, I, I want to see higher quality. And I can honestly say the quality of the players on the pitch, not necessarily the top – like some of the top players, like you know, Juan Hernandez, I've, I enjoyed watching for years, right? Um, yeah. And I think Juan could hold his own in USL League One. I'm not discounting that. But I think when you get further down the bench, the quality that's in USL League One is higher than what you get on a I mean, it is – and I, I'm going to disagree with that okay. because it, it may be the slightest bit higher, but I, I adamantly disagree that those players that really I have two friends and one guy used to work for me during the off season that play in the USL now. And one's actually retiring after this season. One just moved to another team. Okay. But I know how much those guys make and they're, they're a level up. These guys are not making, you know, uh, they're hardly making anything. No, I don't, no, don't want to put on that. I don't want to get into how much either, I but... make versus what they make or whatever. But they, they, they make very little wages that are, you know, not enough to sustain themselves. Like I said, one I'm, would I'm come work for me during the off season. No, and I'm so, not disagreeing with that. If I look at the USL players that are even on the Chattanooga team, the majority of them have sorry my kids are running in the house um the majority of them have that second job or they do training on the side or or whatever it is to to yeah Yeah. so i i'm aware of that but i think there's a difference (laughs) i have daughters that are teenagers so i hear you uh (laughs) no but well what i compare it with is like and, and now they are now that you know cfc We've gone, you know, pro now. But I, even before all that came about, I always thought of it as like, it. I mean, say you go to Goodwill and somebody's making ten dollars an hour versus a volunteer at the Salvation Army. A lot of times, those people, the Salvation Army, because they're doing it, you know, out of their own good free will, are actually going to put forth more effort and. You know, I, I guess just because they're playing just straight for the pride of it. And I, I honestly think that what you said, I don't think like the, I don't think there's any way the Red Bulls would score or any USL team that I've ever seen, including FCC, who we last year, you know, broke all the records right. um, in USL League One. 
would have scored three goals on Real Batiste. I, I just don't. I just don't think that would have happened. The most so we you, ever scored. So if you, you think if CFC and had not pulled out of the Open Cup, because then we would have played them instead of Tormenta Two, do you think they win that game? Oh, definitely. Okay. I, yes, I, 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 yeah, I. I'm really hoping again because with hopefully they join Nisa and Nisa gets the auto spot because that yeah. would give the opportunity for us. To, I think that's the only way you're not going to see us playing friendlies. I don't think anytime soon, um, no. but that would give us <laughs> no. the opportunity to see it on the field. Um, I talked with like Jimmy Ricketts who uh, played for CFC last year and played for the Dalton Red Bulls this year. And um, he spoke to the fact that he's trained. He got to come up. They would come up and do training with um, Chattanooga. And he talked about that. There was a difference in quality. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't speak for that. I, that's, I just, from my eyes watching it, I've, I see a difference. Um, Chattanooga has always done really well, though, in friendlies against, you know, pro teams just throughout their history, for the most part. I mean, even I was at that first match of the year against, oh, God, what is it? Cream is? Or yeah. was that, was it, okay, whatever. Or the Guatemalan team? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought it was Cream is. They, I don't know. I, can't I would, remember. I would butcher. I, I failed Spanish so many times, and I grew up in Southern California. Yeah, so. and I mean, and then they played. I was down there for Asheville on the 29th, and they played a friendly the next day, and yeah, they the tied. They played in North Georgia. Yes, yeah, and I had to come back to Cincinnati. I didn't go to that match, but, um, and then Batiste. But even, I mean, a lot of their biggest matches ever have obviously they fared well against pro teams. So I, I I just don't think there's any difference in the quality at all, to be honest. I just don't. I watched three years of the front row of USL soccer, and when I go to CFC and those matches, I just didn't see any difference at all, to be honest. And if anything, I always felt like the CFC players are out there playing with more pride and, some of the then a lot of those USL players on those teams that just kind of I don't know there was no passion there was no like real emotion like I see at the CFC games and there's not the interaction between the fans either. Oh, so I would disagree I mean, with that. So the reason I would disagree- I mean yeah I don't I'm not gonna say I watch Red Bulls matches. No, and I don't think you I do. Don't. But like so we had, we've we've had we've had where Eamon's Zide literally jumped over a fence to come celebrate with a group of fans after scoring a goal. They have interaction after every game where they sign autographs and, and meet with the fans. Um, and they're interacting with us there. So no, yeah. I, I think interaction wise. Well, yeah. And I, I may have been exaggerated. Well, the thing is with FCC, we were averaging 20, 25,000 a game in the USL. So it yeah. I guess it was kind of a different atmosphere, but yeah, we always had mean greets with the fans. I, I was talking more about players on other teams, but the more I think about it, as much crap as they caught from the 20,000 or whatever, they're yeah. probably not used to that because if you watch our road games in these facilities that are, you know, pretty, it's, it's they look like you're playing in the middle of a park or something Yeah, uh, in the USL, you know, that, they go from those kind of environments to twenty to twenty five thousand people going yeah, crazy, yelling at them. They're kind of shell shocked. Yeah, we've had to go. We've gone to that whole away game in Toronto when they're announcing sixty two. So I'm assuming there's four. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, those yeah. are. I mean, the USL facilities. That's that's the whole thing. When I argue with people about the MLS, that are, with people that are in the USL, I said if you're going to be in this, you know, awful, you know, well, I'll just say not great American soccer system, you're better off being on top. I, I mean, I got to watch Zlatani Ibrahimovic, yeah. you know, play. I've Wayne Rooney this year. You know, I've gotten to see a lot better soccer. But if you're not on top and you're in USL League 3, I mean, what are you ever going to do? You're better off being independent like Chattanooga, like Detroit, like a grassroots team where but even, if we can change this landscape, you can be part of the league that changes that landscape. In the USL third division, you're never going to, like, that's not going to get you anywhere. But even they are doing the same thing, right? So. I think they, they may be. Yeah, we don't know for we sure don't know for what sure. they're You're doing right. like, because there's... the whole landscape. There's so many lawsuits. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff has to shake out. Which the Red Wolves and and these, you know, any team in that they're they're basically just stuck there for eternity. You can't go anywhere. You're not going to move up. I mean, I heard they're talking rele- pro yeah. and relegation between two and three, but I, I'm not sure what that accomplishes. You're yeah, still not the top what, division. Yeah, I know Edwards has talked about that. Um, the, I think once again, it just comes down to, you know, as those as those teams that are your your New Mexico, your St. Louis, your Louisville. Um, well, St. Louis is coming to MLS. Yeah, they were they are, but I'm talking about like that size group that is slowly uh, has slowly built up, or is like New Mexico has genuinely just come out of nowhere with their ten thousand. Um, you know. Yeah, and it, Sacramento keeps getting rejected, even <laughs> though I hear they're getting in this time. So they'll be out. Yeah. So so I I, I don't I, uh, yeah I mean are you saying that like having New Mexico and Louisville like I I'm mean saying, that's I'm saying that as when you look to the future like do, do you I'm seeing it as if let's say USL actually does their pro rel internally, which is still kind of a closed system. It's just calling it two different leagues, right? Um, yeah, but if they do their pro rel internally, what I'm saying is instead of playing, let's, so let's go f- full on what one of the rumors is, right? That the MLS two teams will be all kicked on the league one, except for a few here or there to start it off. That, which is what needs to happen because yeah. they need to decide whether or not they're a minor league MLS league or they're these teams with their own entities, because the same thing happened with FCC. We, you know, draw twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people, they all want to send their players from MLS that aren't getting playing time, their younger players down to play against us. And there's no limit to how many players they would send down. Yeah. So there was times we're playing like half an MLS team. Yeah. And they, they didn't put a cap on how many players they could send down on a weekly basis. So all those MLS teams would look at it like, okay, this is a great, way for them to get experience going to play at Cincinnati because they get to play in front of, you know, such a big crowd and, and, you know, yeah, one similar, of the nicest facilities. That's similar to when we went, went uh, and played in at Ford Madison for the first time, the Minnesota United sent down four players that all started. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, but I I, that. that doesn't make sense. I mean, I mean, that probably just was a coincidence, but yeah, they should count. I'm saying they did it because I'm just saying we've run into that same thing where you suddenly are like, wait a second, we're playing 
a th- more than a third of their team is is MLS players, including their starting keeper, like or yeah. the backup keeper for the MLS team, but the starting keeper for Ford was from MLS. Yeah, and you're trying to compete with that team. Yeah, which it's not fair to anybody in that system. So yeah, I agree with you on that. They they need to either create a separate league or the. I'm telling you, I think teams like CFC and Detroit FC. And, and those teams are better off just being independent until this all plays out. And then maybe we can create, like, they can create a real league okay. that has pro and, yeah, relegation. Because MLS isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not. And it's uh, and USL is always going to be a feeder league to MLS. So you're just going to be stuck in the third tier until. <laughs> Eternal eternity at that, on that viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I, I think I think it really just comes down to which way do you think you're going to get better soccer? You obviously think it's from the independent NPSL style team. Yeah. I think it's going to I think it comes from aligning yourself with a uh, an entity that has proven its ability to go from nothing to a third tier to a second tier um, team, a second division team, and it seems like they've got really good leadership in Edwards. Um, I, I personally, I could debate that. Yeah, too, I know. And, okay. and lots of people. That's, like I said, <laughs> I mean, that's my view, your view. I'm just saying like my view. I, I, I mean, if you see, there's always just things that make, I mean, like my, again, one of my buddies used to play for Nashville and I mean, they had like an outdoor locker room. They didn't even have a locker room for the team this season. It's like, and then that, that's the top USL division <laughs> team getting ready to go to MLS and they got sit there and uh sit on chairs outside they don't even have a locker room yeah, it's that like was the game that, what um, kind of amateur that was the game at loudon right they got moved Is yeah that right? yeah it got i moved mean that's just the, the that's that's ridiculous I, I don't know why anybody would want to be a part of that i don't i don't see how the league is doing a good job if that kind of stuff's happening the broadcast are all i mean there, there's so plus. many times where the camera angles and you can't even see what's going on. Right, but I, it's a whole lot better than my Cujo where it's shutting down all the time. Well, yeah, that is, yes. I'm I, not going to argue there. Yeah. They should all stay on YouTube. Though CFC on YouTube, I never have any. Well, well that, they had issues. That comes that down to. That DCFC friendly. So that's that the 100% only thing I remember. is credit that needs to be given to, to El Conductor, who is the one who's basically run that. Um, yeah. he's He worked his tail off. Like, Honestly, he, he did a really good job with that. The issue is they're the only ones in their Southeast Conference that was like that. Like feeds that came from Asheville or from Knoxville or from Nashville. Oh, was, yeah. I watched they were all, all terrible the feeds. It's, it's like, it, unless he went. Unless when he, he went. No, no. Set up, Anything he good. set up was, was really good. It was when he wasn't yeah. able to go that you're like, wow, this is just bad. And so that's one thing I have liked about ESPN Plus is for the most part, there's been a few games where – legitimately you're like wait i'm not getting part of the field or it cut out that's happened here or there but for the most yeah. part it's been a significantly better overall like being able to go watch like so doing this podcast one of the things i'll do a lot is i want to watch like so we hadn't played lansing yet about three weeks ago it was our first game with lansing but we'd played 12 games hadn't played them yet so i was like i don't know enough other than what i see on twitter or like a repost of a good goal so i went and watched a few of their games i really wouldn't have gotten the same quality trying to do that for other divisions, but I I don't want to ramble forever. Is there anything else you kind of want to close, close us out with something you want to want to mention that, um, that you didn't get a chance to say? Yeah. I'm just looking at, I got a couple things here, but no, I mean, you, you kind of answered a lot of things I was going to ask you without me having to ask you. So, which is, which is good. I just, 
I, again, I, I don't, it's hard for me to see the benefit of the two teams for the city overall. I think that I, I just, like you said, I think one of the teams is going to have to go and eventually it, it, it would shock me if both teams are still in Chattanooga in five years. Can we agree on that or no? Uh, so the only reason I say I think I would have agreed you, agreed with you and gone the way that a lot of CSC fans don't want to hear that the Rebels would have been here just because of the difference in ownership. Um, but that said, with the way they did the push for the where they they basically raised almost a million dollars and um, some of the other things that they've done since, I think aligning with NISA, I I could see both um, if they align with NISA. Um, that's the rumor, but I could see both still being here in five years because CFC has done some stuff to strengthen their position. And I think Martino with his development is willing to lose money. So I think that's why not because both were successful. I think at this point, looking at just pure numbers, CFC is positioning itself to be the more financially successful, but owning your own stadium with the Red Wolves and making income off of the having concerts and things like that at the stadium will help offset the losses he has with the soccer team that I think both could still be here, but not because of what they've done on the field, more because of just the... Just because he has deep pockets and deep pockets broadcast and, rights and, and yeah, and, the and USL also, expansion, money yeah, going in his pockets. Yeah, and then also the the development. I mean, he's he's become a millionaire because of what he's done as a developer. And yeah. East, the East Ridge area, it's not just his development. Top Golf is rumored to be there, and, and it seems pretty, um, like a pretty accurate rumor. Uh, yeah, some, what I, I I've heard about that. What I mean, what is Top Golf? Top Golf? No, we have a Top Golf <laughs> oh, here yeah. in Cincinnati. Well, yeah. it's in Westchester, which is a suburb, you know, but it's you know twenty minutes from downtown Cincinnati. But I just is that that big of a development to get a Top Golf? I I'm yeah. not sure what the economics. It's more of, of a Top Golf is. <laughs> I think it's more of a location thing. So you're talking about okay, Udawal and some of that area is, is and where it's at, like it's right at seventy five twenty four split. So it puts them in in a good position where people from north like north of Atlanta, like north of Marietta, that live that area. If they're deciding between going through Atlanta traffic and they want to take a weekend to go do something fun, they might come up, do top golf, go hang out in the city, that type of stuff. Um, and we're okay. a huge tourist attraction city. You know this. Right? Oh, yeah. That's so the that's only reason I know about too. you guys. Um, and yeah. it, and it, that area attracts because of a Tennessee law that was done a, a number of years back that allows for rebates on tax rebates and stuff. So there's a lot that brings them in there where they don't, it's not a huge as a risk because they get basically the difference in tax revenue for the area of land. So if the land was creating no real sales tax revenue, they get that difference back to them for a certain amount of time before it starts going back to the city because it wouldn't have made money for the city anyways. Um, So there's some things like that, some, some state sales tax incentives that help generate that, but it's a, it's a revitalizing area like Eastridge. There's a YouTube video. If you want to have a good laugh about Eastridge that talks about its payday advance loans and all that other stuff. It's, it's, it's a sketchy, it's got some sketchy parts to it, but the part where the stadium is, is not really there. It's right at the, right at the freeway. And so it's a little different, but anyways, Matt, it was good having you on. Um, thank you for having a reasonable conversation and being willing to bring the other view. Um, yes. (laughs) Yeah. It was interesting. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and you know, I'm, 
can't say I wish the Red Wolves uh, <laughs> good luck in the future, just because I've I've been through the USL and obviously I have a vested interest. But um, I do appreciate this conversation and you know hearing your perspective on it. Thanks again, Matt, for coming on. If you're interested in following Matt on Twitter, he's Truth Adair. That's T R U T H A D A I R on Twitter. Uh, it's Truth Adair on Twitter. Um, he's a good follow. Usually uh, has some interesting things to say, and uh, I think uh, had a lot to bring to us uh, here. So, like yes, like I said, thanks again, Matt, and uh, hope to talk to you in the future. 